All right, welcome to the Relationship Builder Podcast. This is Dr. Kevin Skinner with my good friend and colleague, Brett Williams. Brett, how are you doing this morning? Hey, good. It feels strange we're both in the same office building, but I'm upstairs and you're downstairs. Yeah, that's what we call COVID-19. Yeah, Yeah, the weird experience of COVID-19. Absolutely. Well, to our listeners, we want to welcome you to today's show. We are going to be talking about intimacy in relationships. And uh, I know that a lot of people, when they think about intimacy, they're thinking about sex. Well, us us men are, yes. <laughs> okay. When people are talking about intimacy, their <laughs> first inclination is, oh, you're talking about sex, are you? No, we're going to be talking about intimacy in a deeper way today. So you may want to take a few notes because we have found over time that human intimacy goes far beyond sexual intimacy. And in particular, we're going to be talking about ways that we create intimacy at different levels, what we're going to call different levels of intimacy. And uh, Brett, uh, let's just go ahead and get started with some of your thoughts on intimacy in relationships. Yeah, I I was just talking to you about this a second ago that um, it, it kind of reminds me often of one of the ideas that Gary Chapman talks about in his book, The Five Love Languages, and in his idea, there's people love each other, obviously, but what happens is it feels like there is no love in a marriage because the language, that's the term he uses, the language in which we show our love is different for different people. And, and so one person may be expressing love through service, one of his languages, and another may be uh, seeking love through words of affirmation, another one of his languages. And, and so they live in a kind of a loveless marriage because they're, they're speaking two different love languages. And, and I think that principle applies here to intimacy. As we talk about intimacy in marriage, I think we're, we're struggling with the same thing because, like you said, intimacy is not physical sexuality, which is what guys tend to think it is. Um, but there's so many other levels to intimacy. And and maybe you can, because I've heard us talk about it before, maybe you can talk a little bit about the different kinds of intimacy, and then we can kind of expand on how to bring those about. Yeah, so, so what Brett's talking about here is, you know, in, in every human relationship, uh, as, as you're talking about, we have different needs, a touch. Some people are more touchy-feely. Some people are more communication-based. They want words. They want words of affirmation. Now, human intimacy, again, if we really broaden out our definition, it's going to include way beyond sexual or physical intimacy. It's going to include verbal intimacy, emotional intimacy, cognitive or intellectual intimacy. And and we'll explain these a little bit later. And then spiritual intimacy— I think that's where you and I connected long ago, was sitting down talking about God, one of my favorite topics. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Because because if that's an important thing to you, then if you can share that with someone else, then in that natural setting, you're sharing, you're growing, and you're in some ways being vulnerable with each other. And so... If if we look at intimacy, and I love this definition, I've heard it. I don't know the source of it. I wish I could. I wish I could find the source of it because I'd like to give them credit. But when we look at the term intimacy, we're looking at in to 
me see. Wow, that works so cool. Is, is that is that amazing? Yes. Right? So when when we are intimate with people, we're allowing them into me so they can see me. And and, and me and, is is more than my genitalia. Hello, I, there's more to right. me than just my genitalia. Look at me in terms of my emotions, or look at me in terms of my uh, my relationships, or my um, my my thoughts, my brain. Can you see me as a as an intellectual person, and and that makes sense as we use that term into me. See, can you see into me other aspects of me other than just physicality? That's right. That's right. So now, as we if we look at it that way, then we're saying, okay, w- verbal intimacy. Well, we're sharing our, our th- thoughts. We're sharing the things that we think about. And as we share in verbal intimacy, there's a conversation that I could have with a bank teller that could be verbal intimacy. But when it's a spouse or partner, we might be brainstorming about just fun things, uh, maybe the way that we want to put together the backyard. We might be, you know, we might want to go on a road trip. And so we're kind of thinking together and we're having these thoughts and we're brainstorming together. Right. Which is a verbal form of intimacy. Oh, and by the way, how's the weather outside? Or what do you think about the fire up uh, the canyon this weekend? You know, those are those are conversations that that are really saying, I, I like talking with you. And when we have those kinds of conversations, and again, we can have that with many people. But but when we sink deeper and we share emotions, fears, worries, anxieties, exciting things. Then we form into what we would refer to as emotional intimacy because we're sharing emotions with each other, deeper forms of emotions. And that's generally a separator of, of, of our intimacy levels because I can have a verbally intimate conversation with somebody about a football game or a fire or the weather or whatever. And, and, that, and that's great. And I say, hey, I like that person a lot. But then when I share deeper emotions, that then says something, wait, I'm sharing with you something more personal. And that's what I'm referring to as emotional intimacy. And, and I would, om- taking what you're saying, and almost say, hey, when I'm talking about news, weather, and sports, that's not intimacy because it's not into me that you see. You know, we're talking about news, weather, sports, and that's not about me. And, and I think intimacy really starts, like you're saying, intimacy starts by using this definition when I open myself to you and I show mm. you me. And it may be me in my emotions, but it also could be me in my, in my ideas. Um, in my family, um, I have some deep thinkers. I'm not one of them, but in my family, we have deep thinkers. <laughs> and, and one of the ways we share intimacy in my family is by sharing these really deep ideas and, and they're very personal because they're our, our own unique ideas. Um, but, but it's a form of intimacy because we're letting other people into how do I think about the world? How do I, how do I conceptualize things? And so anytime I think we, we let somebody into our world, spiritually, emotionally, intellectually, physically, um, yeah, that's when we start talking about intimacy. Mm-hmm. And, and one thing I would say, though, I might start the pathway towards intimacy with that verbal conversation, yeah. talking about the weather, 
right? Yeah. As John uh, Gottman talks about uh, what he refers to as a bid attempt, right? So I might have a bid attempt in just uh, trying to put some feelers out there. How are you going to respond to this? And, and so in human intimacy, we have to have foundations, right? We have to have meaningful conversations. We have to have share emotions. And as you were talking about this cognitive or this intellectual stuff, I, you know, if we can read books together, watch movies together, share ideas, go to plays, then what we're in essence saying is, is we're, we're actually creating some, what I want to say is this new memory together mm, about nice. something that is creative, something that's fun. Yeah, that's nice. And, and again, forgive my physical, mental mindset, but but you were just talking about building intimacy, and it starts light and goes to deep. Well, isn't that what happens with physical intimacy? You know, we we spend time physically together. Maybe then we touch hands, woo! We, you know, and then maybe we kiss, woo! A little peck on the cheek or something, um, and. And intimacy does. It does progress more and more into me. Will I let you see? It, you know, if you're mm-hmm. gonna, if you're safe, if you're safe, you know, I'm gonna do these little right. tests and see if you're safe, and then I'll slowly let you in. And maybe it'll just be an experience. Like we'll go to a movie or something, um, and then maybe we'll talk about the movie afterwards and, and mm-hmm. share some ideas that way. And, and, and you're right, kind of grow into it. Yeah. And what happens as we begin to walk down that pathway, and I'll just tell you, when I've seen couples repair their relationship from really difficult situations, whether that's, uh, you know, conflict, fighting, arguing about children, uh, whether it's something more, even more complex, infidelity, betrayal, when we walk down that pathway, when couples begin to repair, they, they still go back to the foundation. We have to have meaningful conversations. We have to share deeper emotions, right? And so when we look at intimacy, it's two people who are engaging in this process of learning to be vulnerable with each other again, something that was lost in, in the fighting or in the conflict. And early in my career, I worked with individuals where domestic violence was something that they had, were trying to work through. And, and again, there's a level of vulnerability uh, in a person who's been aggressive, uh, abusive, and for them to be able to acknowledge what I did was wrong. I'll never forget a group where one of the men, uh, we have them write a compassion letter, um, and it's really a letter seeking forgiveness for the way that they were abusive. And I'll never forget this guy came into group, and everybody had to read their letter, and he came into the group, and he said, when I first came into this group, I thought everybody was a bunch of drunk hillbillies because it, it was also a substance abuse, domestic violence group combined. And so they, they were there, court-ordered, substance abuse, domestic violence, which is not uncommon. And uh, he, thought, he said, I thought you were a bunch of drunk hillbillies. And then as I listened to your stories and began to realize I was just like you and you were just like me, and this is actually a letter he was writing to his wife, and, and he's saying, this is what I learned from this group, that I crossed boundaries, and I, my behaviors were inappropriate. And by the time he was done owning his misbehaviors, the entire group was crying. I mean, here's this tough, rough, bruh guy, and this guy was on uh, just, he, he, I mean, his heart had humbled. He recognized that, you know what, he had some stuff that was unresolved from his childhood and his substance abuse hiding uh, from it in the substances. And, oh, my goodness, uh, again, by the time he was done, he was crying and they were crying. And it was one of those moving groups where you're just like, holy cow, did I just witness this? 
incredibly intimate experience with uh, what he referred to as a bunch of drunk hillbillies. Wow, that was awesome. And and I, I just see the progression. He created intimacy with the group, and that allowed him to create intimacy with his spouse. I don't even know if he even, even knew what intimacy was until he created intimacy there with you in the group and then created intimacy with his wife. Yeah. And, and so, so his task after reading it to the group was actually to take it to his wife. And nice. uh, I, can, I, I can tell you uh, very moving experiences. So, so again, the, this concept of even if there's been hurt in, in whatever ways that, the way that may be, uh, there is a, an opportunity for repair, intimacy repair, when we learn to create a safe environment. And that safe environment allows intimacy. So I want to I want to address a couple things that we haven't talked about. Now, real quick, um, we you, we mentioned spiritual intimacy, kind of uh, right. tertiary. Uh, if you're a spiritual being, the opportunity to do spiritual things with your spouse is profound in terms of couple connection. An, an example: uh, praying over a child attending a religious service together, and perhaps going into the mountains and just meditating and being with nature, talking about spiritual matters, reading Holy Writ together and talking about it. These are all beautiful experiences that can draw couples closer together. And when couples have that form of spiritual intimacy, you can sense it because they share it together and you can see it in who they are. Can, can I say amen? Amen. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's so well, true. And, and, and it's a beautiful thing. It is. I, I mean, unfor- unfortunately, we have lived in a culture or a society that have, has forgotten that, that, that spiritual intimacy is a powerful connector for coupleship. And, and again, to do that, though, what we have to do is we have to get away from Right and wrong. So, so if I'm sharing my intimacy or, or what I believe is, is something, a deep, profound truth for me spiritually, um, I have to be safe. And safety is a super important part of that. So in, in sharing intimacy, you may hear something you don't agree with, and that's okay. That's not what this is about. You sharing intimacy with your partner isn't about finding truth. It's about hearing each other's truth. And that's what I would really recommend and suggest as we kind of put out a final thought. When you hear each other's intimacy, get out of the blame game. You cannot make this about good guys and bad guys. It just has to be about, oh, that's what you feel? Oh, that's what you think? Okay, let me share, let me share where I am, what I think. And, and it could be spiritual and it could be emotional. It could be intimate in, in other ways as well. But, but I think the key, uh, we're going to have to have more conversations about this intimacy thing. It's huge. But I think the key that, that I want to remember and walk away with is that if we're going to have intimacy in, in our marriage, which is our topic, we got to have safety. We got to have safety to be, to be me and, and to know that if I'm, going to share me with you that it's a, it's going to be okay. 
Yeah, and when we uh, we'll break this up into a couple different parts as we talk about intimacy. So next in our next podcast, I'd like to talk about actually what is the foundation of intimacy. You know, yeah. we've talked about verbal intimacy and emotional intimacy, a- a cognitive. We haven't touched on that as much as I'd like to. Spiritual intimacy and then sexual intimacy. So we'll spend more time on that. But but just a kind of a, uh, a primer for next time. If you don't have the kind of intimacy that we're going to talk about in the next session then really the rest of the types of intimacy will be built upon a sandy, a, a sandy foundation. Yeah. And when the winds come, the foundation isn't strong enough. So in our next podcast, we'll talk about this other form of intimacy and, and, and why it is the foundation of every form of intimacy. Nice. So you're going to want to stay, you're going to want to stay tuned. Uh, final thoughts today before we end. Um, I, again, my, always, my final thought is homework and practice. Um, Practice being intimate, and and just like you would, like we talked about physically, um, you're going to make a small step, and hopefully there's acceptance and, and love there, and then you're going to make another small step, and, and, and just practice putting some things out there, and let's see if we can start building some intimacy. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. All right. To our listeners, thank you for listening to our podcast today on intimacy in relationships, intimacy in marriage. Uh, may you be blessed in working to create intimate relationships. And as we often say, thank you for being a part of our podcast. This has been Dr. Kevin Skinner with Brett Williams. Love is a choice. Make it every day.